Welcome back to the Expressions of Destiny podcast. This is Jennifer and happy Saturday. We did not have an episode yesterday, but today the topic that I really want to um, really just chat about and just honestly, openly, and um, just have a good vulnerable talk with you is um, something that just really struck me this morning as I was getting ready and uh, listening to worship music. And, you know, I, well, first of all, let's back up. Today we are going to talk about, because you know I'll just get right into it, but we are going to talk about seasons and expectations. And going back to this morning, as I was listening, there was a song that um, consistently said, you know, or the, the the person who was singing it, they would stop and they would talk and they were saying, you know, this is your season. This is your season. Just grab hold of it. It is your season. And it really, really took me back to um, all my years growing up in church. I have been in church my entire life and, um, you know, children's church, Sunday school, uh, in the non-denominational um, churches and and really when I got into my teenage years is when I started to hear that phrase a lot. This is your season. This is your season. And I didn't know any better. You know, we, we would grab hold of that and as we, as of that word and just proclaim it and declare it. And, and as we moved further into, you know, my adult years and marriage and along with my husband, he had had the same experiences and we just would constantly hear, you know, the preaching and the messages of this is your season. And the thing that I started to notice was it was as if every um, opportunity, every quarter of the year, every season change, every conference, it was someone declaring to the people that this was their season. And, um, the thing that I really started to feel was, you know, we we would, in the moment, get so excited. This is my season, meaning I am going to be prosperous. I am going to experience the blessings of God. I am going to, um, you know, have that wealth and that increase, and um, I'm going to have uh, raises and and job position changes. And we would get so excited about the very thing that we had been hoping and just believing God for, that it became an opportunity to actually, instead of be in expectancy of it, find some type of discouragement. And um, let me explain to you why. So for instance, I would be in a service and in my heart, already knowing maybe that job that I was at, I was hoping to get that raise that I had been waiting on or a promotion or something of that sort. And so I would be in service and they would be talking about, this is your season, grab it, you know, um, things are about to change. Things are going to be amazing for you. Just believe it. And tomorrow morning, wake up with that expectancy that something great is going to happen today. And so I would wake up and I would go to work and I'd be excited and then I wouldn't get the raise or I wouldn't get the promotion or something great wouldn't happen or my bank account wouldn't increase or I would still have all of these bills and these struggles and everything else. And and now at this point, instead of being 
expectant about it, I would start to doubt God and say, well, I thought you just told me last night at such and such service that this is my season. Lord, what happened? You didn't come through today. I thought this was supposed to be taken care of. And I thought that was supposed to happen. And so, um, and not just me, so many people in our life and people that we've known that have just become so discouraged over time because what they were told was their season didn't end up being their season according to what they were experiencing. And so the Lord really started to take me down this path, you know, several years ago of seasons and studying the seasons and studying, you know, what his word says about those seasons. And so before I go any further, I want to go to, um, one of the, one of my favorite scriptures, which is Ecclesiastes chapter three. And this is where it talks about a time for everything, that there is a season for everything. And so, um, in verse one, and we're just going to read through verse eight, it says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now that's just verse one through eight. And I would really encourage you to go and read the entire chapter of Ecclesiastes three. But when we go back to God's word and we realize there is a time for everything, everything, good and bad, positive and negative, a time for everything, And those things happen within the different seasons of our life. And so when we hear someone say, this is your season, we always relate it to just the good and the positive. We always think about, you know, this is your season. This is your springtime. This is where you're going to flourish and you're going to grow and you're going to do all these great and amazing things. And then we encounter something that we didn't expect and we get discouraged And we doubt our father and we say, God, what happened? I thought it was my season. Now, the thing that I realized years later was that in the moments where there was an encouraging word in churches or just from friends or other people in our life that would say it's your season, we never really were taught how to walk through that season. We weren't taught to know how to understand and recognize what season we were really in. The scripture clearly states that there is a time for everything, both good and bad. Now we have been promised, we have been given that promise of living in God's abundance and his blessing. Every single day of our life, his word talks about it. Every day we are promised his blessing and his abundance. But that doesn't mean that Um, Other circumstances and trials and tests aren't going to come. We're still growing. We're still learning. And so when we go through these things, 
it's making a decision of how we are going to walk through that thing, good or bad. What are we going to do? Are we going to try to figure it out on our own? Are we going to try to manipulate the situation? Are we going to become discouraged and angry at God because it didn't go our way? Or are we going to choose to walk with him and ask him, Father, you know, what season am I in? Help me to understand where I am and what it is that you have promised me. And understand that it's not a good season or a bad season, but every season is my season. Every season is an opportunity to grow. Every season is an opportunity to learn how to respond to what is happening in our life. Every season is a season to continue to trust in him and to believe that he knows what he is doing. And that thing that we may be going through is not going to take us down, but it's going to make us stronger as long as we approach it in the right way, as long as we trust in him and we partner with him to show us what it is that we need to do through that season. I can tell you that for me personally, I am in a season of rest and waiting. And there are a lot of things that we do, you know, with our business and um, our family and our ministry. But you can just tell that it's a season of rest and waiting. There is an expectancy for great things. But because they have not happened does not mean that I am, that it is not my season, that I am not in that moment of that promise. It doesn't mean that I am sitting here and not going to reap the benefits of what God has already promised me. But there is something even greater on the horizon that I am patiently waiting for. And a lot of you may be in that same season. You are in a rest and a waiting. So if you if you do go to church or if you are in um you know, groups or even if it's just family mem- members that are saying, you know, this is your season. It's your season. Instead of saying, is this your season? Because remember, every season is our season. Another example that I can give you is, you know, we we think that it's our season um, for, uh, obviously, for, you know, what what we think it is according to what is being spoken to us. You know, it's your season to prosper, to be wealthy, to be successful, to um, be on top and, and experience all these great things. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're a business owner or maybe even a realtor and you, you think, well, I thought I was going to get that big contract. Um, I was sure that that house was going to go through the sale of that home. Um, I thought for sure I was going to, you know, get whatever position it is that you may be waiting on. And all of a sudden, the contract falls through. Uh, The people back out. Um, The house doesn't sell for whatever reason. And you didn't get the position. And so we immediately think, well, this sure is a season. It's, It's a wonderful season, you know, and we get upset. I'm frustrated about it. And then later on, maybe months later, could be even a year, you find out that the very person that you were possibly considering going under contract with uh, ended up being, you know, a scammer, someone who was going to take, take you for everything you had. 
or maybe a month after the house fell through, you sold three more houses. And that position that you were looking for, you know, to, to climb the ladder and wherever it was, God had a better position for you. And so we rest and we wait patiently on the Lord. But because of our expectation, because somebody said, this is your season, this is your season, and it didn't go exactly as planned, we discount the word that was given to us instead of immediately thinking and saying, well, God, you must have something greater. So I guess my intention today was not to go against the words that are spoken maybe from a pulpit or a platform sometimes, of it being your season. and But realizing that every season is our season. God set up the seasons, and every season has a purpose. And so sometimes we're meant to rest. Sometimes we're meant to work really hard and store up. And get things done. And there's other times where it's meant for us to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Every year brings different seasons. But it's knowing how to understand and recognize the season that you are in. So that you can rejoice through every single moment of it. Good and bad. Because the bad really isn't bad. It's just a moment where you might be tested on how you're going to respond to that thing, who you're going to turn to. Are you going to look to your Father in heaven to help walk you through it, or are you just going to try to go through it all on your own? Or are you going to assume the worst of it instead of recognizing that it may be something that God is using to prepare you for the next great thing? I want to read a few more scriptures for you um, because I love going to the Word of God and knowing that He has already spoken the answers and the encouragement that we need in everything that we go through. And speaking of seasons and expectations, he has spoken those words to already give us the answer that we need. And so Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I love that verse. I have always loved that verse. I've read it. Years and years and years, all the way from my youth, you know, just to be an encouragement. But it, it's a reminder that um, we shouldn't just focus on, this is my season. We should just remember that as long as we continue to move forward and what he has, he has commissioned and called us to do, to not become weary in doing good, in following his, his words, in being an example of his love, in using our gifts and our talents and um, to bring value to other people, to love on them, to encourage them. Don't become weary in doing good. Don't get weighed down and feeling like it's not your season. You know, don't become discouraged and feeling like someone told you it was your season and now you feel like it's not because things aren't going as planned. Don't become weary. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing good because it is your season. You're just walking through a different part of that season. And it goes on to say, For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Another reason why I love that verse is because I'm going to shift here into um, another part of my life just recently uh, that really taught me what that meant. 
reaping the harvest if we do not give up. It was about three years ago, God really, really placed a, just a desire and a love in my heart to garden. And I mean like fruits and vegetables garden. Um, and it, it was a big deal because I just remember, and I know I've shared this on here before because it's still something that I, I have a hard time believing to this day, but I used to kill every single living plant that would come into my house. I just didn't know how to take care of it. I didn't have a desire to take care of it. Um, I didn't want to have to learn how to take care of it. If um, my husband gave me roses or my family bought me plants, I would set them on the table and really forget to water them. And so it just, it shocked me that the Lord was now telling me to plant a garden. So I started small with, you know, little cups of, um, herbs and you, you can't go wrong with herbs, right? Well, I did. I killed a couple of them. Um, it wasn't until I had my first jalapeno plant and boy, that jalapeno plant gave me so much fruit. We had jalapenos every day and I loved letting them sit there just a little bit longer so they would turn red. Um, it was just amazing to me. And then I got a tomato plant, a cherry tomato plant. And these were already planted, you know, already from Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. You can't go wrong with those, right? Well, you can sometimes. And I set that big pot of cherry tomatoes out there and I, I learned how to get me a, a tomato cage so they wouldn't just flop over. Um, and those vines started to grow like crazy. And I got so excited about it. Um, now they did really well because they were in season because I bought them at the store when they had them out and they will put the seasonal plants out. And, um, we, we reaped so many cherry tomatoes from that plant. I was a proud mama. It was the best thing I had ever done. I'm thinking, wow. And then all of a sudden towards the end of a season, those vines started to die. They just grew brown and I was having to learn how to prune a little bit here and there, but it just wasn't going to do it for them. And I had to learn real quick that tomato plant season was up. It was over. And um, what I didn't know was that I should have been planting other tomatoes and starting new seeds for different varieties that were meant to grow in different seasons. But I was so hung up on these cherry tomatoes because it, it was a huge success. And so those became my favorite plant along with my jalapenos. Next thing I knew, we had all kinds of pots of different plants out on the patio, um, just circling the pool. And I would check on those plants every single morning. I would walk out there looking for blooms and looking for buds and looking for fruit signs of any type of fruit. Next thing I know, my husband and I, we were digging out the ground and building three boxes out in the yard. Um, we were planting fruit trees. The girls were helping me fill cups so that we could start our own little seedlings. We had an herb box on the patio. Um, Chris even built me a whole, uh, planters. I don't even know what you call it. It's on wheels. It's like a whole little work station um, out there on the patio so that I could keep all of my, everything that I needed there. 
this became a big deal. We had um, eggplants and zucchinis and cucumbers and watermelons. We actually grew a watermelon. It was amazing. But once again, I learned very quickly, everything has a season. And we were able to reap the, the benefits of those different vegetables and fruits in their season. But here's what I learned real quick too, is that in my little container I have outside that's just filled with packets of seeds, I have to go through those seeds every season and make sure that I only pull out the ones to plant that are meant for that season. I cannot pull out the um, different squashes and zucchinis right now um, if they're meant for the fall. I have to wait a little while to start prepping those plants. But right now, I can be planting strawberries. I can be planting other fruits. Um, it is just the season for that. Certain melons. And we know that because when we go into the grocery store, the farmer's markets, they only have certain vegetables or certain fruits. And you can tell the ones that are really flourishing right now with the ones that are just really dull because they are out of season. But somebody still tried to grow them. Somebody still tried to make them available. Or maybe they're year-round, but um, or as we call evergreens, but they just flourish more during a certain season. This is how we are. This is what we go through spiritually and physically every single day, every month, every season of our life. There are times where we flourish more and there are moments where we just kind of sit back and, and hang out, you know, in the shade and, and just wait for our next moment. There are times when other people are flourishing you know, in a season and you're sitting there going, but what about me? And the next thing you know, you're right in season and they're sitting there waiting for the next great thing. This is the rest and the waiting that I'm talking about. And so knowing how to get through each season, knowing that every season is our season. This season right now, my rest and waiting is still my season. I am still reaping the benefits, reaping the blessings of what ha happened before and it's just kind of trickling and lingering into this season as I wait for the next one. So know how to identify which season you are in right now. Stop and think about it. Say, Lord, what is it that you're taking me through? Because I want to give you praise and rejoice and give you glory through every moment of it, even if it doesn't seem like I'm where my heart hopes to be. I know that it's coming, but right now you are working on me and doing something different in this season. And I want to embrace every single bit of that so that I can be ready and prepared when it's my turn and my time. Let's read some more scripture here. Um, Psalms 145 verse 15 and 16. And I love how simple God's word is. It just, it says the eyes of all Look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Every living thing. That means from me all the way down to my sweet pups and what they eat, to the birds that are outside, 
um, to the ants that are all over her backyard trying to pick up whatever food they can find to every living thing, everything. You satisfy the desire of every single living thing. And in some seasons, they may have more. And in other seasons, they may not. Let's go back to my garden. When those tomatoes were growing like crazy, the birds were eating very well to the point where we had to put a net up to keep them away from the tomatoes because they would eat them up. They wanted the tomatoes. They wanted the cucumbers, anything that had water. And then when we put the net up, they started getting stuck in the net and we had to take the net down because we didn't want to kill the birds. So at some point we had to say, you know what, Lord, it's funny that when you provide for us, you provide for them as well. Now I had to be a lot more um, cautious and a lot more alert to be able to go out there and, and pick, you know, the fruits and the vegetables that we had before they could get to it. But I couldn't stop them from getting to it. They were going to reap the blessings of what we planted outside. And so he satisfies the desires of every single one of us. Every living thing, it says. And I want to go to one of, um, it's actually one of my husband's favorite chapters, but um, being out in the garden three years ago, two years ago, um, and I'll get to why we stopped gardening in a moment. But being out there, I really learned to appreciate God's word in this chapter. And it's John 15. Um, and we're going to read verse 1 to verse 8. And it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. There's his promise right there. All we have to do is remain in him. And he will remain in us and we will bear much fruit. It goes on to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we can't manipulate things. We can't try to do this on our own. It's not going to work. But if we allow him to remain in us and we stay connected to the source, all of these other things are resources. He is the main source. If we stay connected to him, then we will continue to bear much fruit. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. What another beautiful promise. He's just saying, just stay connected to me. Just trust me. Just believe and know that what I say I'm going to do. And if you just stay connected to me, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It's already done. He's already made the promise. And verse 8 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, I had to learn real quick with our garden that if I didn't go out there and take care of it, 
if I didn't go out there and pull the weeds, um, which this also talks about that as well in the chapter. And we only read eight verses. But if I didn't learn how to go and remove the weeds so that they wouldn't choke up my plants, if I didn't learn how to break off or cut away the branches that were already dead, and if I didn't learn to control the growth by pruning just a little bit, cutting away what was not necessary, cutting away all the little extra branches that were trying to grow between two of the, you know, the vine and maybe a larger branch. And there was this little um, tiny um, branch that would start to grow between the two. If I didn't snap those off, they would begin to suck up all of the nutrients and the water and everything, and it would start to uh, begin to separate the nutrients between all these additional little branches. And then the larger branch wouldn't continue to grow as much as it wanted to. And so if I didn't come and learn to prune those away or trim down the overgrowth, then the fruit wouldn't grow to to the size that it possibly could. Its growth would be stunted. And so isn't it amazing how our Father in the same way comes and He prunes away certain things and so you may be going through a season where he, right now he is trimming away, pruning and removing what does not belong or what is, is drawing the life and the nutrients from you that should be going to you. He is removing those things little by little, even if they're small. Some of those branches were tiny, but they still were there and they still affected the plant. But by pulling away those little branches and removing them, now the fruit was able to grow and flourish in the same way he is doing for you. So if you feel like you are resting and waiting, he is pruning. Just look around at the things that might be happening in your life right now. If you notice certain things being taken away, certain things being removed, certain things that are kind of falling off, maybe there's relationships that... you. It's not that you don't like the person anymore. It's not that you don't care about them, but maybe you just don't talk to them as much. And it's not on purpose. You just realize that you haven't talked to them in a while, but there's not a desire to hang out with that person. You love them, but there may not be a desire to do it right now in this moment. There may be another season in your life where all of a sudden that relationship begins to flourish. It didn't die. It was just pruned away for a little while. There may be activities or things that you were committed to for so long and you're like, wow, I don't understand why I'm not a part of that group anymore or why I don't feel the desire to go and do these things. There's a reason. God is placing your focus on what it is that he wants you to be focused on, on the things that he is, is wanting to do in your life. He has to restrict and remove the distractions, um, and they're not bad. It may not be bad people or bad groups, but they may be a distraction in this moment that you have to remove yourself from those things or people for a season. I have a ton of relationships like that. I haven't talked to a lot of people in months and years, but I know that if I sent them a message today, they would they would hear and feel and know how much I love them and how much I appreciate them. 
But we know there's a season to just step away. And I, I told you I was going to share with you about the garden, why we are not gardening right now. But there was a time last year around, actually probably a year from this month, where um, the season here, and of course Florida is always hot, but the season here, it, it was just getting hot really fast. It, we didn't even have a spring. All of a sudden, it was just 90s and above. And we started to notice that a lot of our plants were just wilting and withering away. Um, we would try to take care of them, and they just weren't going to do it. They, they were done. <laughs> they were tired. They were trying to just wither away and be done. And um, it was heartbreaking because I love going out there and tending to my plants. And um, I really wanted to keep trying to, to, or trying to keep that garden going. And so there was a, there were a couple of, um, what do they call it? Volunteer plants that had popped up in our, one of our garden boxes out there. And it was a tomato plant and there was another one. I can't remember what it was, but it started to blossom and it was just growing like crazy. And we had tomatoes on there all of a sudden, but it wasn't as many as what we were used to. So we knew the season was changing. It was just so hot that this plant was suffering. Um, it eventually died. Oh, it was a bell pepper plant. We had another uh, baby bell, uh, bell pepper, and that one began to die. And so you stand there feeling almost like a failure. I did. Why were my plants dying? How come, you know, we had all this produce the year before and the year before that, and now they're just dying. Interestingly enough, uh, the Lord led us to a video and then a website, and it was talking about um, the Shemitah year, which we're not going to get into in this episode because that's a whole study on its own. But the Shemitah year was basically just uh, the seventh year in every seven-year cycle. So in the Bible, um, in the Old Testament specifically, they would they would plant and harvest, and um, for six years, and in the seventh year they were to let their land rest. Well, around the time that our garden was dying, is when we found out it was a shemitah year, and we're thinking, well, wow, Lord, your timing is perfect. Are we supposed to rest the land? And so I pulled up all of the, the plants that were in the boxes. I mean, they were basically um, just withered and wilted away, and there were weeds surrounding them, and I pulled them all up. And I just kind of tilled the dirt, and we left it alone for the entire year. Um, and, you know, it was very interesting. Our life got really busy after the summer. We, the girls, were starting college. I decided to take some classes. We were working on other things, a lot of networking events, business stuff. Um, we were just really busy and the Lord knew that it was time for us to rest the land, rest the garden because we weren't going to have time to really take care of it the way that we wanted to. And so when I began to see that, I said, you know what, Father, you knew what was coming ahead. You knew what you had planned for us, that we we were going to be moving and doing, and, and we were going to have so much going on that it would have hurt me to not be able to take care of my garden. 
And you see how the things that we don't understand, we start to think, wow, am I failing? Am I not taking care of my garden right? Why are my plants dying? Why is it so hot outside? This is such a weird summer, weird season. Why, why are all these things happening? I've, I've been successful in the past. How come my plants are dying? And then realizing months later, he showed us, because first of all, it was time for you to rest your garden. It was time for you to rest. Just rest and wait. Because I have a lot coming up that you're going to have to do. And I need you to be rested and prepared. So if you are in one of those seasons right now, because remember, every season is our season. Every single one. But if you are in a season where you are to rest and to wait, or maybe you you are just moving and hustling, or maybe you are sitting back and reaping the blessings of everything that you've worked hard for. Whatever season it is, or maybe it's a season of complete changes. And I don't know if you realize, but I just went through all four seasons there. The spring, the summer, the fall, when things change, and the winter, when you rest. But if you are in any of those seasons, just learn to rejoice all the way through it. Recognize where you are first. Let's back up. Recognize what season you are in first. And if you don't know, ask God. He'll show you. But recognize the season that you're in. Rejoice all the way through it. In everything, good and bad, rejoice and give Him glory. And then the last thing, just trust Him. He knows what He's doing. If you get up every morning and just say, Father, today is a new day. I thank you for life. What is it that we are going to do today? Show me so that I can walk with you. That's all you need. So again, recognize the season you are in. Rejoice all the way through it. And then trust him. So that is it for me today. I just wanted to touch on seasons and expectation. There is no reason to be discouraged. Be expectant in everything. His promises are true. We may not understand the other things that are happening around, but just keep rejoicing and know that every single season in our life is that season. It is your season. And so I will talk to you next week. Have a wonderful weekend and God bless.